Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! Welcome to Hey YA! From great new books to favorite classic reads, new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA! is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA! is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Azafetti and me, Tears of Price, and we are recording this on January 12th. Hello, Erica. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing pretty well. Um, I It's been like quite the week of winter storm weather, mm. and I'm currently sitting right in like the, the path of a major storm that they are saying might shape up to be a blizzard. So um, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm i'm about to get hit by this storm let's talk about books on a podcast yeah i know it's interesting because um like michigan is not like michigan does not get blizzards very often Mm -hmm. just because we have too many trees so like to actually have like a um real blizzard like you need like certain like wind power and we just have so many trees that like yeah it slows down the wind no that was a thing that makes sense yeah which you know i used to live in the plains so i really do appreciate the trees (laughs) in michigan (laughs) slowing down the wind um but i'm like oh no it's gonna be really bad if it's gonna get that windy here so yeah yeah. but like it's like one of those things where you just kind of like hunker down. You're going to wait and see, like, is it going to be as bad as they say it'll be? Yeah. Or is it just going to be fine? And, um, but I've got plenty of food and plenty of books and we'll just wait it out. I'm curious. Do your, do your cats respond to, or the doggies, do they respond to s- storms like that? Oh, just that's a good chill? question. The yeah. cats are usually pretty unbothered unless right. like it's really bad. Um, the dogs actually, you know, my, my golden retriever might get a little bit like, Oh, Whoa, what's going on? He might get a little restless. <laughs> yeah. Um, but our, our like mixed town dog, she's, she's pretty chill. Um, but when we lived in Iowa, there were multiple storms that sent us into the basement. And that was always really stressful because like, we have to like put all the cats in the carriers and then get the dogs on mm. leashes and like get them down like rickety 120 year old steps into this cellar that's really dank and, oh and just God. kind of wait it out. And they would always be so unsettled and the cats would get so angry because they're like, why are we in our carriers? We're not going anywhere. <laughs> and and we'd just be sitting down on like folding chairs. Like we just have to wait it out, guys. Like everybody's <laughs> miserable. Come on. Um, but yeah, because oh like I was very prone to tornadoes. And, and there were, and I only lived there for two years, but there were a couple of storms that were bad enough that I, they sent us to the basement and, and really? you know, the sirens were going off. Yeah. Yeah. In just two years? In just two years. It was like oh one of the God. most stressful things for me about living in Iowa. Oh <laughs> so, I'm glad you made it out of Iowa. I didn't know I, that was a thing. Oh, I don't oh, know yes. many Iowans. 
Yeah, it's totally, totally a thing. And like, I think yeah. if you like you are in Iowa and you're like less bothered about it than like me, who I'm like, eh, I don't like this. I'm going to go yeah. into my basement. Um, which isn't to say like, I have, we've definitely had like tornado warnings and, and whatnot in Michigan, but like, it's, it's more like once every six or seven years as opposed to like a couple of times a year in Iowa. Right. <laughs> so. That's not, <laughs> I no shade to the Iowans. I, it would be stressful for me to live under those conditions also. Oh so. yeah. Like the first really bad one that we had, which was like, you know, everybody's like seek shelter, um, our store, like our town's tornado sirens were going off and I was like very skittish. I was like super prepared. I had like supplies in the basement. Mm-hmm. I had the cats in their carriers. The dog had his leash and I was like, we're going to go down. And, um, my lovely, wonderful partner was like, let me just step out onto the porch and see how bad it really is. Oh my God. And I was like, get your butt inside. Get- I don't like in the door yeah i can't force you to go into the basement if you don't want to like i'm going down there you can join me if you'd like to not die um but like while i was out there being like get back inside just like don't be outside like our neighbor pulls up in her minivan and she's just very nonchalantly unloading groceries into her house like completely not bothered and i'm like you people are insane there's something wrong yeah and that was the same storm that like just like 10 miles away flipped over train cars and oh my like, completely God. ripped like yeah like ripped roofs off of buildings so um, um I don't feel like I was the one overreacting in the situation so. but yeah I think minivan so. and groceries uh was doing a little too much like it's one thing to step outside to see that's still too much for me but that's it's one like, that's a that's different from unloading your your shopping ma'am right yeah like, stepping outside to like survey the storm from your front porch is very midwestern dad but um, i was about yeah. to say i'm like i've seen i've seen like um like youtube shorts on that like yeah. that specific thing like oh yeah look at the how's it going or whatever the little accent or whatever is cute they're very entertaining um yeah i was about to say that i was like this sounds very familiar to me yeah. but the grocery shopping that, i know that like that was like a next level i was That's like oh I, I am i am not cut out for this state, nah, so. she, she's built different yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely built different mm. no and i and i totally get that people might be like oh you have like six to 12 inches of snow expected in like the next 12 hours that's really scary and i'm like eh, we're gonna be fine we got shovels so yeah. everybody Ooh. just is kind of yeah used to their own thing i guess but yeah um, well at least know. it's not a tornado and like you said you'll have books to keep yourself i'm glad the 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 fur babies are not gonna be because it's it's snow but so yeah so we'll just everyone, stay cozy hopefully, inside. yeah everyone listening is also warm and cozy and yes oh lord <laughs> I know. good luck I know. with everything jeez yes so okay we will actually start talking about books here oh, in a yeah. second <laughs> but first let's hear from our sponsor Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing!
Okie doke. So um, I feel like it's kind of a slow week for news. Like it's yeah. just kind of, you know, beginning of the the year and not a lot going on. But um, Rainbow Rowell did announce a new book. It is not a YA book. It is being published as an adult book, but it is called Slow Dance. Um, the cover was revealed too. The cover is really cute. Um, it's like a sort of it wilted corsage yeah, yeah, on a green background. And I like the title Slow Dance. I feel like that's very evocative. Um, slow Dance, that sounds, it's that's Slow Dance and the cover is kind of giving high school prom? Yeah, I think that's like the intent. Um, right, right, right. It's yeah. So the book is about two um, two people who have been like best friends um, for like most of their lives, and everybody's like, "Oh, you're gonna like end up together," but like they don't. So um, it spans from like like them at age sixteen to age thirty three, um, and it's kind of like about their evolving friendship, relationship, possibly romance. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm also getting like. 13 going on 30 vibes which yeah stick with me because it's about yeah like they're they're best friends and everyone's like oh you'd be perfect together and they're like no 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 and then like she gets invited to his wedding and she's like mm, do i love him after all so i don't know i'm but new rainbow Rowell, i'm totally into it i admit that i was not as big into um the simon snow books that she wrote mm-hmm. like i but i really like her contemporary stuff so i'm mm-hmm. excited about this book I actually have not read any Rainbow Rowell. I've, <gasps> I've had a lot of Rainbow Rowell on my TBR and have not gotten into it. I feel like, and you can try, like, let me know if I'm off base here. I kind of feel like I was hearing more about Rainbow Rowell stuff, like, in the 2017, 18, 16. Yeah. Well, ish. she, yeah, she, um, I think it's been a couple of years since her last like big novel release. So yeah. Um, I, I yeah. And she was like huge in like 2013 to 2015. Cause yes. like Eleanor and Park and, yeah. um, Fangar were really big. And, you know, there's like, there has been some stuff that has been shared about, you know, the inaccuracy of um, her portrayal of Park's Korean identity yeah. in Eleanor and Park. So yeah. um, I always just kind of like, you know, hey, that just be aware of that. There's a lot of articles online. If you just Google them, you can find them. Um, that said, I Fangirl is like one of my favorite YA books of all time. It's, oh, it's so good. So, yeah. Um yeah, there's just there's a lot of good Rainbow Rowell out there. I haven't read all of her books, but I generally like her contemporary stuff. Um, and and I think Slowdance looks great. It does look nice. I like the cover too. It's pretty. It's yeah. pretty. Um, and then we have some book banning news, but like good news for yeah. once. Um, so I think we mentioned that in Iowa, there was a state bill that basically banned all books, um, in schools that had any like discussions or depictions of sex, and then also banned any, um, talk books or just like general discussion about gender and sexuality for, um, sixth grade and under, um, so that was being challenged by a couple of different organizations, including Penguin Random House. There were some plaintiffs that were some authors. Um, 
the ACLU, I believe, was getting involved. They were filing suits. And um, at the end of December, a judge um, has blocked two like key parts of, of the, the bill, basically saying that like you can't ban all books with sexual you know, stuff in them and you can't ban discussions on gender um, identity and sexuality for students um, sixth grade and under. So I do think that is a win because um, most, I think every like school librarian and teacher will tell you like, it's not like people are peddling sexy books to children below, you know, before they're ready or, or, you know, that's just not what's happening. But there are age appropriate YA books that talk about and deal with sex and those do belong in libraries. You know, I think we've kind of agree as a society that they, they are age appropriate. They, you know, there's a lot of checks and balances to ensure that. And the mm-hmm. parents don't want their kids to read that. That's fine. That's, that's up for them to decide, but mm-hmm. you can't just ban them in all the schools and a single state according yeah. to this judge. So I think that's a win, but the case is still working its way through. Um, and I don't know if the state is going to counter sue or respond or I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how that works, but um, so it's not an issue that's like solved and going away. But um, I was reading on Instagram that in some major school districts throughout the state that um, books were being ordered to return to shelves, which is awesome. So that is a win at least for now. So that is definitely some good news. I have a little bit of um, good news concerning book banning to share as well, which is that Illinois has officially become the only state to ban book bans. Um, I believe in June last year, the governor signed a bill that Um, basically says that public libraries that want to ban books or try to ban books um, will not receive funding or have their funding cut. I don't remember the specifics of the bill um, as that, as far as that goes, but basically it's like, you can't ban books. So yeah, I I think they also, did they also require like public libraries and to um, have like statements about inclusion and, you know, um, I, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm just saying I don't this remember that, but that that might be. I know but that um, mm-hmm. they had, to, yeah, they had, like have to have policies that say that, like you know, we don't we don't ban books. Like this is this is kind of not how we do things. So yeah, um, yeah. I know he made a statement in June um, addressing uh, how book bans affect marginalized people and stuff like that. So that does sound very much on brand. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is definitely a win. Hopefully some other people, hint, hint, wink, wink, will follow suit. Yes. Or, you know. For so. sure. It, you know, and it's it's a win for freedom of speech in the First Amendment, which mm-hmm. I think is, you know, we like to point to that First Amendment a lot. But I'm like, this is truly supporting the First Amendment. This is so. actually supporting the... A lot of people don't understand what the First Amendment is, really. <laughs> That's a whole other topic. We, we, yeah, right. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time. Uh, we don't have time. We don't have time. So... Yeah. Anyway, that's that's our news, which is all in all some good news, even if it is kind of a slow, yeah. slow news um, time right now. Um, so, OK, before we actually get into the meat of our episode today, 
first, we want you to know that it is happening. We are bringing paperbacks. So whether you or a reader you know and love hates carrying around bulky hardcovers, or if you're just on a budget, or if you want a wider range of book recommendations or all of the above, you can now get a paperback subscription from TBR curated just for you by one of our bibliologists. Um, So if you are looking to level up your reading in 2024 or explore new genres or, you know, whatever your reading goals are, you can let the bibliologists know. They will recommend books to you. You can get recommendations via recommendation letter. So you can go out and get the books yourself or you can get those paperbacks or hardcovers delivered right to your door. So there's um, just different levels for all budgets. You can get the details at mytbr.co and that is mytbr.co. Okay, doke. You have this idea. You have so much great ideas for the show. Look who's talking. <laughs> Excuse me, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, for self improvement, self help, just the sort of nonfiction for YA, um, which I love because I do feel like there's been a really great like renaissance of YA yes. nonfiction, yes. but I don't tend to think a lot of it is like you know, the self-help and self-improvement stuff. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of it's like narrative, nonfiction, history. Um, But then like we were both like, well, let's go and do some research and see if there's like enough that we can do a whole episode on. And like there is. So that's exciting. I also like to say that outside of YA, um, I feel like maybe this is just what I've been paying attention to. But on the other hand, I do think it actually is a thing. And what I'm referring to is I feel like there's also been kind of a, renaissance to borrow your word of how people approach self-help books Mm -hmm. like I feel like they used to be um you know come the new year it was all like diets and um mostly diets gym (laughs) diet again maybe some money stuff maybe some productivity because no one's working enough even though everyone's like working ourselves to death whatever but now and those things like if you want to diet and exercise you want a self-help book on that that's fine of course it's like whatever you want to do but now that we've become more conscious of like fat phobia in our culture and also how like it's not a question of us being productive we're we're productive but also taking care of yourself is part of functioning and that goes into productivity too. So if you really want to be productive, you have to take a step back and take care of yourself mentally and physically. So I feel mm-hmm. like self-help things have changed from like the whole conversation in like the bookish world surrounding self-help stuff has gone from like, oh, lose weight really fast. Also um, be more productive to looking at the full like the systems yeah, yeah. The and like person. also this this the full person and like the systems that we live in yes because i feel like we cannot self-help read our way out of the fact that like we are in a climate crisis with like capitalism destroying everything and war and like there's a lot of a lot of crap going on in the world yeah and so i do appreciate that because I know that like a lot of times people will be like, oh, your life will be better if you just do it X, Y, and Z. And sometimes I'm like, "Mm, maybe my life would be better if I just had a lot more money so I could like afford to do X, Y, and Z. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, There's been a lot more nuance, I think. Definitely. So um, that's why that's why I was like, you know what, for the YA, for the YAers. And then like you said, we um, did a little research first because I I don't – 
I did have to like look for these a little more. I don't know if you did too. Yeah. So I, yeah, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like the searching for, for book stuff because I, you know, I started out just like Googling, but then also looking through like some databases and catalogs that I have access to and just like looking by like the index, you know, um, like the topic index to kind of see like, how are these books being classified? And if I could find some good ones that way. And I feel like if you just Google, you get a lot of books that are put out by publishers that are like more niche and, and like self-helpy, which is fine. But like, that's not like my expertise. So I was kind of like, okay, you got to do some vetting essentially is what I'm saying. Like, don't just like pick the first workbook about stress for teens that you find on Amazon because like, who, who wrote it like where's it's not it gonna from? be yeah yeah like, so yeah and i will have to say i did not include anything about like that's like overtly like workbooks or stuff about mental health because i was like i, I i'm not a, a mental health person like professional i don't know if i can like honestly vet them in the way that like they would need to be vetted for um somebody that you know is looking for that that's um right. so there's a lot of that stuff out there so i would say do your research like they're easy to find and there's there are a lot of them but like look into the author like do they have medical degrees like what is their perspective in writing this book so keep that in mind um and this is where like librarians are really awesome because librarians can help you vet these Mm -hmm. um but another thing i noticed is like there's a lot of like self-health and steam and like um self-improvement books that are put out by christian publishers mm. and that is totally fine if that's your bag but if yeah. like that's not your bag like also kind of read it and inspect it and kind of vet it because some of them like are not very overt about the fact that they are like christian focused and yeah. so again like if that's for you that's awesome like that that is out there but if that's not for you just pay attention that is a good that is a good um that's some good advice and not things that I think not things that people would necessarily think of because again I feel like this particular category of YA books as you're basically saying is kind of like niche in a way for some reason yeah it it is and and like you know you want to make sure that these are being written by people who know what they're talking about so yeah just just be careful um but yeah so we i think we came up with a great list that's you know really sort of um varied which is exciting and one thing i've noticed is that a lot of these books are illustrated and not necessarily like done in like a comics or graphic novel style but just like heavily illustrated Mm -hmm. and i think that's really cool because it makes them a little bit more inviting and a little bit more exciting and easy to pick up um because yeah if i'm picking up a book that's like 300 pages about like you know, here, here's about this very serious topic. Like it's, it's not as easy for me to page through that. And I'm thinking, especially like if I'm a teen, cause like as a teenager, I hated nonfiction. I thought nonfiction was so boring. I was like, give me stories or give me nothing else. Same. And yes. So I do appreciate that a lot of these books are, are utilizing like illustration and, and other elements to, to make them engaging. Um, cause even if you just pick them up and like, you know, page through them or only read a few sections, like then you're still getting something out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's such a good point. I didn't even I didn't think about that, how they are illustrated, a lot of them, but that is a good point. And even me 
as I am right now at my current age, they're still <laughs> more inviting being illustrated to me. So for sure. That's a good point. Same. Um, so I want to kick us off with just talking about a series of books in general, and they are very tiny. I have not read them all, but I have read a couple of them. Um, and they are the quick and easy guides. Um, and they are little tiny books and they're, they're pretty thin, like less than a hundred pages. And they are done in like a comics style. And there are four of them. There's a quick and easy guide to they, them pronouns, which I have read. It's awesome. It's great to buy for yourself, but also to like the people in your life who struggle with using they, them pronouns. Um, a quick and easy guide to sex and disability, a quick and easy guide to consent, and a quick and easy guide to queer and trans identities. So I really like these books because they're short, they're sweet, they're brief. Um, they usually take the stance of like whoever's writing them and they do have like a diverse creator set, like different creators write each you know, of the different books. So it's not like there's one person that's doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of take the approach of like, hey, this is who I am. I want to just talk to you. Oh, and I think there's a quick and easy guide to asexuality as well. Um, and so they just, they, they talk to the reader and they just explain things in really simple terms. And they, they really look at like, you know, some nuances and they're really great at educating in a non-judgmental, very approachable way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they're not always shelved in like the YA section of libraries. Every library I've worked in has shelved them in YA nonfiction. Um, but I think they're really great um, little books just to learn a little bit more. Like I, I picked up the quick and easy guide to asexuality because I was like, you know what? I don't know a ton about asexuality. I, I want to learn. And it gave me a lot of great information. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that they are great books and they make um, – Topics that seem like really big or kind of like intimidating, very easy and approachable. I need the one on asexuality, honestly, now that you mentioned it. I'm like, I could learn some more. Like, I need that. Yeah. So, and I, I, yeah. There are some really great books that have come out in the past years that are like, you know, bigger anthologies and volumes. And I was like, honestly, I was like, I know I should read those. But like right now, my bandwidth is not for like a big book, but I could like pick up a 98 page little comic and and it was great. Honestly, that is kind of this is a little off topic because this is a YA podcast, but I... For certain things that I want to learn about, um, certain nonfiction things, like fact-based things, um, and I don't want to just read like a Wikipedia page or something, I feel like, I don't know, kids' books, like biographies and things are helpful because yeah. they have like the illustration and then they give you the basic story so that if you want to go read the, you know, 700-page biography of MLK so <laughs> that you could do that but like before you finish that you have an idea and so this is giving me the same kind of like feeling where it's like you know it's quick it gives you the main points but if you want to learn more you can pick up the 300 page anthology later yeah I think that's it's so great too like I think there's no shame in learning about topics in you know formats that are accessible yeah. and you know e- 
I started, honestly, what got me into reading nonfiction for the first time, because I, again, I thought I hated nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like 10 years ago when I was like, I should probably learn to not hate nonfiction. <laughs> I was I was in my master's program and yeah. my advisor was like, read YA nonfiction. And I was like, mm. fun. And I was like, oh my God, nonfiction is cool. So yeah, yeah. there you it, go. whatever gets you into it, I think. Exactly. Exactly. But I love that you shouted out that series. That is a great series. I'm going to shimmy on over to a couple of those books when we get off the call. Yeah. Yes. So what's your first pick for us? So my first pick is The Some of Us. It is adapted for young readers. It's subtitled How Racism Hurts Everyone by Heather McGee. And this is, well, I mean, I guess one thing with nonfiction, I feel like the subtitles, they love subtitles in nonfiction. Um, but the, the subtitle basically tells everything. Um, she is a journalist and she's done sociopolitical research. And here she goes into how, obviously we know, that in the U.S. racism is very harmful for marginalized identities, but it actually hurts everyone because, um, well, you read the book to see the detailed reasons why. But just off the bat, like I know with, um, say, civil rights and MLK, I know uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. started off kind of being um, campaigning for workers' rights And that included white people, right? But then it turned into race. And um, she speaks on, like in the first chapter, chapter one is titled An Old Story, The Zero-Sum Hierarchy. Um, And she goes into how um, white people were taught, like kind of like how it was pushed that for others, others is in quotation marks when I say it, for other non-white people to succeed, it means that would hurt white people but that's not the case but she starts there to kind of show like lay the foundation for how we got to where we are today with racism and things like that so um this is one of those things um it's also kind of like a call to action I feel it's really good for giving getting a background on these things of course um race and racism is a, a topic that is always relevant, unfortunately. Um, but this gives a good background on understanding how these things came to be. Of course, it starts with slavery, but I mean, that's not the only place it goes. It goes in different places and she lays the groundwork pretty well, I feel. So um, yeah, I think this is a good thing to pick up to just get some background on the state of racism and stuff in this country. So again, that is The Some of Us, How Racism Hurts Everyone, adapted for young readers by Heather McGee. Awesome. That sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go into my next pick, but first let's hear from our next sponsor. Okie doke. So my next book is also another little itty bitty book that is um, illustrated Um, It is Beyond the Gender Binary by Alok Menon. And um, like, Erica, do you know Alok Menon? Um, Have you seen them on like TikTok or anything? No, but they kind of sound familiar. I'm going to do a little quick little Google. 
Yeah. Um, so I've been following them online for a while. Um, I'm not sure quite when I started doing so. Um, they are non-binary and mm. they are in LGBTQ rights activists, but they also do like a lot of other cool things. Like I think they've been like a model. They're like a poet, writer. They're also um, fabulous. I'm looking yes. at the pictures. It's giving color. It's yes. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have got a fantastic sense of style. So mm, that is mm-hmm. a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is part of the Pocket Change Collective series, which is just a series of small books about um, like important issues that are impacting teens. Um, and they are, I believe, is released by Simon & Schuster. And there's a ton. Um, and they tend to be... Um, you know, related to, um, like I said, big issues, not necessarily like self-help issues, but like plastics crisis, mm-hmm. um, you know, immigration and, and um, borders and that, all that sort of stuff. But I think oh, this is really... I didn't realize I have a, sorry, I have a uh, book on there. I have a book within this series. I didn't realize that this, when I saw you listed it as a book you were going to speak about today. One of my books is part of this series. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I think they're a really cool series. And like I said, they're just little pocket books. So they're pretty, like, I think this one's only, like, only 70 pages. So it's it's a quick read. Um, but I am a very big admirer of Alok's, like, activism. And they're very incredibly smart. Like, so smart sometimes I'm, like, you know, listening or watching their videos. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I have to listen to this two more times to like let it fully sink in. Um, So in this book, they talk about how um, we see gender as this like binary, you know, either or male or female. And, um, you know, they just really challenge us to see that like gender, like that's rooted in like colonial BS. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reasons for seeing gender beyond a binary and like the world does not exist in a binary. So why are we kind of forcing this on humanity and society? Um, and that gender can be a form of creative expression. And that's what I think is really cool. And it kind of ties into this like self-help and self-improvement topic, mm-hmm. which is that like your, your gender does not have to be this one thing because that's what society tells you um, being a boy or being a girl is and so it can be something that you can create it can be something that you experiment with and um and it can be very personal so i think that that is really cool um so that is beyond the gender binary by alok v menon nice so the next one i have is money out loud all the financial stuff no one taught us by Berna Anat, illustrated by Monique Sterling. And so Berna is is like regarded as this financial hype woman. And I saw somewhere I was looking her up and she said she's like a an aspiring rich auntie. And I'm like, I I like I I aspire to that as well. Like capitalism stuff aside, like you know, like the rich whatever well I feel like rich auntie is more even more so like a state of mind like I don't know if you've seen like rich auntie memes or whatever on TikTok Tirza yes like, yeah when you have like you come up you show up with you know as a rich auntie you have your sunglasses on and some kind of beverage and you're just like you pick up the kids the nieces the nephews the nibblings 
and you go and you drop them off and I don't know I want that for me so <laughs> I, I want that for you too thank you I you listen so it just seems like a fabulous way to be but so here she gets into stuff that young adults need to know about managing money um there was a part I was reading somewhere where well she is um, a daughter of immigrants who are from the Philippines and coming here, you know, she was taught to go to college and stuff, but she didn't know how to manage her money. And she was kind of embarrassed about it at first, but then she started like Googling and researching things. And then she brought herself out of debt and all this extra good stuff. I think somewhere she said um, that like a lot of the stuff in the book you can Google, but it's like, and that's real. Right. Yeah. Like again, there's so much. Yeah. There's so much out there. Exactly. But it's like, so she's like, okay, yeah, you can Google this stuff just to keep it real. But also like this will be more of a, like you said, there's a lot of stuff. So it's more um, focused and there's also personal anecdotes, like, you know, personal stories and stuff like that. And I feel like, again, that's part of that, you know, new kind of self-help where it's like, they're being real. They're not like, oh, you have to do this. This is a whole way of new way of doing things. And you have to do it like this. And this book is the only source of information that will help you, you know? So she's not like that. She's basically like, um, you know, you can get your money situation under control or if you haven't started college yet, you know, here are some things to understand because we live in a capitalistic society. And one thing I I feel that they should teach stuff like this in school. I didn't have Absolutely. any classes. I don't know if you had any were available for you to you, but I didn't have any that no. taught me anything like this. Um, no, yeah, I had no like money. Okay, so the closest like education that I got to money when I was like in school was honestly eighth grade when we had a unit where the teachers paired us off and made us get fake married. Which, okay, okay. yeah, like what? that is that is some, um, what? yeah, like, like it was like a partner exercise. Okay. So it was like, Tirza, your partner is like, you know, I remember who my partner is. I won't like say his name on this. Right, right. Not that like he probably listens, but. Um, <laughs> Be like, Tirza, like, why okay. didn't you say my name? Are you ashamed right. of us? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm trying to protect your identity, sir. No, but like, yeah, like we had to like, the, he, he, the teacher partnered us up like, okay, every girl with a boy. And it was like, pretend that you're married. And then, like, he gave us budgets, and then he told us how much things would cost. Like, he he just sort of, like, made this up where he was like, okay, so your salary is this, and the house costs this much, and a new TV costs this much. And, like, we had to, like, shop for things out of, like, the store that he made so he could be like, okay, you're going to do a budget. But, like, looking back now, I'm like, that is so totally unrealistic for, like, how the world actually works so i don't think it was really helpful at all plus i call bs on you know making the boys and the girls partner up i was i was was having a hard time getting past that but but i mean it, it just also speaks to how it's just like why do people why do people never think of of the of that being a necessary thing to learn in school i mean i have my thoughts you know capitalism and the you know school to low wage 
pipeline mm. yeah other I, conversation i don't know i also think that a lot of adults are really bad with money they are like we you are. know there's there's <laughs> I was like oh wait a, i'm an adult <laughs> yeah oh god um yeah i and i mean like even i would say like i think i have a pretty good handle on my finances but i'm not like Oh, I wouldn't say like, oh, I'm amazing with money because, yeah. you know, I, I just don't think I am. Like, I think there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Um, but like, sometimes I talk with other people. It's like, it's especially weird. Like when you're an adult and you're talking with like other adults and you're like, wait, why are you doing that with your money? Okay. It's not my business, but like, nobody wants to talk about it. That's my point. Yeah. So like, it becomes sort of sensitive. And I think like, I wonder if it's not taught in public schools more often because adults feel weird about it. And then like parents would get weird about it. And, and so we just kind of like, are like, well, that should be taught at home. And like, I don't know about you, but like my parents, I think they did a decent job in educating me about money. Like not, it was not super in depth, but like when I talked to a lot of peers and like people mm. my age, I was like, and compared to like my partner and even my cousins, they're like, wow, your parents like to- told you how taxes works. Like my parents never did that. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's, they didn't tell me like all the ins and outs, but they were like, congrats, you have a job. Now you need to file taxes. This is the paperwork you need. This is the process, you know? No, nope, I didn't get any of so that. That's so basic. It, sh- it, and it should be taught. Everybody yeah. should know this. They so. can even teach. Th- I actually, like when I first started doing, uh, like I do my own taxes because I just like read the instructions basically. But um, I just, I didn't, no one taught me. I just looked, I just started reading it. So I, it, it's like when you say it like that, it's like, why? First of all, parents should teach teach you, but also it's also like you would think that school would teach you too. I, yeah, I like see why, what you're saying. Like, why couldn't it be taught in schools? You know? Yeah, it's such a technical thing. They could teach other stuff. Yeah, it's just. It's so weird how people don't, whether it's at home with your parents or school or whatever, it's weird how people don't talk about money. And yet it's a vital thing. We all depend on it to live. Exactly. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. We got really fired up there. Yeah, we did. We feel very strongly about necessary things. Yeah. Um, Side notes, quick side note. I don't know if you watch Bob's Burgers. I have seen some, but not like extensively. I extensively watch it. There's an episode, they're like in middle, the kids in the family are like in middle school. Gene is the brother and he's like 11 or something. And he got paired up. I'm only saying this because it was a similar exercise to what you described in eighth grade for you, but it was a little different. He got paired up with um, his, well, he and his friend paired up and they were going to be roommates. So they had to budget. Mm. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, no heteronormative, whatever. Um, Bob's Burgers is actually really good about being inclusive with stuff. Um, but it was interesting because they had to do like a job search and they had to budget for their apartment and stuff like that. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting exercise. Um, but yeah, anyway, so obviously yes. everyone should watch Bob Bob's Burgers. I really like it. That's a side note. Um, but for this book... Berna has, I'm just pulling up the chapters again, just to give you an idea. Um, she has chapters on budgeting, bank accounts, saving money, credit cards and student loans, investing. And also at the end, she has a chapter on like um, donating. It's called nice. Hella Change, aka saving the world with your dollar. So I think that's pretty darn cool. 
So yeah, again, that's Money Out Loud, All the Financial Stuff No One Taught Us by Berna Anat, illustrated by Monique Sterling. Awesome. Um, so I also have another money book to um, talk about, money and it book. is called How to Money. <laughs> um, so yes, How to Money. Um, and it is your ultimate visual guide to the basics of finance. And this one is also like, again, hev- heavily illustrated. Um, and that is really cool. I think just because, yeah, people respond to visuals. So, um, it is written by uh, Jean Chatsky, Catherine Tuggle, and it is illustrated by Lena Cosford. So this is, yeah, it's geared towards teenagers, but it is, um, something that just breaks down the basics. So, you know, how to find a job, like what, like what's your first paycheck means? Not like, oh my God, now you have all this money. Um, but like how to spend it, how to save it, creating a budget, sticking to a budget. Like, I think that's huge too, because like a lot of times, like a lot of basics are like, oh, a budget's easy. You just, you know, this is what you have to owe every month and this is how much money you have to spend on fun things. And then, oh yeah, by the way, you should be saving. And I think like for me, that has never been super helpful. And it took me a while to find like a budgeting strategy where I'm like, oh yeah, this actually works. Because, you know, your average day, sometimes expenses come up that you don't, you know, spend money on every month. And so it gets really complicated. Um, Also talks about credit cards, college loans and how to avoid student debt but like also you know if you are going to take out student loans how to navigate that which oh that's like a whole topic that I feel like like it's so predatory for a lot of institutions to offer loans that in some cases are way more than like cars or some property to be like giving this to like 18 year olds like oh yeah don't worry this is totally fine you'll be able to pay this back um yeah, it can be really predatory. So I think, you yeah. know, going in with your eyes open and making good, you know, smart money choices um, at that stage is really important. And then it also talks about investing. And, you know, that was really interesting because I did not, you know, get any sort of education, like formal education from like school or parents or anything about investing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like the most my parents ever said to me, I think was like, oh, well, if you have a chunk of money, like banks will sell you CDs and which are pretty like s- safe investments, but they're pretty low you yeah. know, reward. Um and like that was like it so I didn't really know much about like actually investing until I started doing my own research and when I was doing that I found out that like a really 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 low number of the adult American population doesn't invest or doesn't know how to invest and so I thought that was really interesting because yeah like we just a lot of times aren't educated and I think a lot of times the people who do kind of pass that on to their kids or like the people who do um, get a chance to invest um, are like rich people so they're okay. holding on to that wealth yeah yeah and like I'm definitely not rich but like I I found a few like there are ways that you can invest with only you know a little bit of money every month and like yeah. I mean by a little bit of money I mean like $20 so oh that um, is a little yeah yeah That's so I think that it's good to kind of get like this whole sort of 
overlook. Um, and I, I do like the illustration style. I feel like it's very modern and approachable and it helps draw you in. So um, yeah, that's how to money your ultimate visual guide to the basics of finance. And honestly, if I were to buy like any of these books that we're talking about in this podcast, um, for like a new college graduate or like a high school student, I know, I think I would probably do one of these money books because yeah, absolutely. yeah it's so helpful and it's so necessary. Yeah. And again, like you were saying a few minutes ago about like you can Google stuff and that, you know, that is preferable to uh, not doing anything, but there's a lot of information. So these books kind of focus in on the basics to get you started and then you can expand from there if you want. So. Yes. But yes, I have another book to talk about that we will hear about after we hear from our sponsor. Okay, so this next one is the one I was talking about earlier that is part of the same series of the book that Alok Menon wrote. So this one is titled This is What I Know About Art by Kimberly Drew, illustrated by Ashley Lukashevsky. So yes, like I said, it's part of the Pocket Change Collective series. And this one in particular is about the world of art and how it intersects with activism. Kimberly Drew speaks of the need to make space for everyone in the art world and how art is not just meant for elite people and academics. Um, Throughout the book, she kind of goes through her experiences in college and trying to be in the art world and connect with artists. She noticed how a lot of the Black artists who had interested her early on and made her want to get into the art world were not in her college art classes that she was taking. Um, so she wrote about her disappointment in seeing this, and she began writing a blog with the intent of promoting Black artists more. She also has worked with art organizations like the Met in New York City, which when I lived in New York City, the Met was my favorite, like my favorite museum, favorite little thing to center a day around, just putting that out there. Um, throughout all the act, throughout all of her positions, she has tried to maintain the spirit of activism and always try to advocate more for people of color and people with disabilities and marginalized identities. So throughout the book, she talks about how she was able to advocate and enact change and stuff like that. And she talks about how everyone is welcome to art. Everyone is also welcome to protest and activism. And she talks about what you can do to contribute to either of those things. Should you feel inclined, feel comfortable to do so. Uh, again, like you said, Tears of this is a very short read. This one is like 64 pages. Um, these light cute illustrations at the beginning of um at the beginning and end of each chapter um so this is a this is an aside and not not this is outside of YA books but I have also noticed a um in terms of the self-help book industry world etc I have noticed a trend of looking specifically at like creativity there's some interesting books coming out the past even like this year honestly where they're looking at um creativity i think which is really interesting so yes this is this is what i know about art by kimberly drew illustrated by ashley lukashevsky that sounds so fascinating mm -hmm. thank you for telling us about this yeah 
My next pick is um, another a book that is about anti-racism. And I read it a few years ago. It's really excellent and worth, like, I think, like reading and revisiting often. It is, this book is anti-racist, 20 lessons on how to wake up, take action, and do the work. It is by Tiffany Jewell and illustrated by Aurelia Durand. Um, This book, I would say, is good for, like, especially that, like, bridging the gap between, like, middle grade and YA, but any age can read this book. Um, so it does give you a deeper understanding of, of racism and anti-racist, um, like education and activism. Um, it gives you a little bit of history, but it also, I think what I like about it is it gives you really practical scenarios for like how you could like go against sort of almost like the social contract of like, people just don't want to speak up. They don't want to say anything. And so things don't get sad or people are too afraid of speaking up and it talks about like how you can kind of get over that fear and like that that sort of gap between like I know this is wrong but now I need to say something mm-hmm. um it there's 20 chapters and there's 20 activities that go with each chapter so you really you know this is not a book that you just like read and you like absorb and you're like oh okay that that was a good book like no this book is is like challenging you to kind of do the work which I think is really awesome so um, it's not necessarily like a workbook, like, but there is a workbook that goes with this book as well. Um, so yeah, I I really really learned a lot about um, anti racism. Uh, like, this was one of the first books I picked up a few years ago when it first came out. Um, it's only 160 pages, so again, it's very um, easy to to read and to to get through but like I also think there's a lot of value in taking time with each chapter and in doing the activities and and doing the reflections as well um, and Tiffany Jewell also has a another book coming out later this year I have not picked it up yet because I, I just haven't had a chance to grab a copy because it's it's not out yet um, but it's called everything I learned about racism I learned in school I saw and, that yeah that's yeah too so about a lot about public schools and how, how that has affected um, or, or contributed to this idea of or perpetuating racism. So I think that is really interesting. And I am definitely going to seek that out when it is released. Yes, that sounds really good, too. Um, yeah, it is. It's uh, well, I mean, all these things are pretty hard to navigate. So that sounds definitely necessary. So last one I have is. Wait What? A Comic Book Guide to Relationships, Bodies, and Growing Up. It is by Heather Karina, illustrated by Isabella Rotman. Yet again, another illustration or illustrated book, I should say. Um, and, and the illustrations are cute. Like you said before, um, these books being illustrated make them more welcoming, make them more engaging in a different way. Um, this one has kind of like this um section where it's like they're paper dolls um i don't know if you've ever played with paper dolls or you're familiar with how you like have the little figure of the person and then the little whatever you're gonna put a wig Mm -hmm. dress shirt shoes whatever um so this one has this is also kind of in an in-between like middle grade ya um category but it talks about bodies going through puberty. Um, it talks about sexual identity and gender identity. 
and it's very inclusive as far as that goes. It has different body types, people of different like ethnicities and um, of different genders and colors and everything like that. Um, it talks about things like consent and boundaries and media and how to navigate the information you're getting from there. It also talks about friendships and supporting, getting support as well as supporting your friends. So I feel like this is just a very good all-encompassing guide or different way to look at how we relate to our bodies, especially changing bodies, um, which is, you know, obviously a thing with the YA target audience, but also how we relate to each other and what healthy relationships look like. So, um, I always, I always love like middle, like, um, middle grade kids, YA books on consent. It's another thing that I think should be talked about more. So, um, I love that it's present here and it is in such a, an easily digestible and welcoming format. And this is only like 80 pages. So, uh, oh, I should say it's, it's centered around these friends, the people that I was describing earlier who, um, look different. They're like a diverse group of people. It's centered around them. They're like these friends and they're having these conversations about these different subjects. So that's an interesting aspect to it that further kind of pulls you in uh, from another perspective that I liked. So yes, that is Wait What? A Comic Book Guide to Relationships, Bodies, and Growing Up by Heather Karina, illustrated by Isabella Rotman. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, my final pick is, um, book. It's a little bit, a little bit on the more serious side. Um, but I think it's a really essential book. I don't, I don't think there's anything else. There's not many books out there that do what this one does. And it is things we haven't said, sexual violence survivors mm. speak out. So just a heads up, I'm not going to talk about anything in depth, but I'm just going to give you a little overview about this book. It is edited by Aaron Mullen. So a lot of different um, people have um, contributed to this book. A lot of them are YA authors that you might recognize from, um, you know, their work and what they've done. Um, and it is a sort of um, interesting collection of poems, essays, like letters, vignettes, interviews, um, just a lot of different formats talking about, um, you know, there are adults who have survived sexual violence, you know, as kids or as teens. And this book is, you know, structured to hopefully make teens who've also experienced this feel less alone. Um, but it also can kind of help kind of contextualize um, and and encourage and inspire and reassure readers as well. Um, like, you know, sexual violence is, you know, very difficult. I think that's not something that you can necessarily, you know, read your way through to healing, but like this book would hopefully help um, and hopefully help break the stigma. Um, and it's, it's done in such like, I think a creative way that it hopefully it will give other survivors like an outlet to sort of express themselves as well. Um, and it's been pretty um, positively reviewed. So it came out a few years ago, um, but I think it, it's really, it looks like 
I, I mean, I page through it. I haven't read it all in depth, but it is a pretty good book. Um, if you are looking for something like that to hand to somebody or just kind of learn more. So that is Things We Haven't Said, um, Sexual Violence Survivors Speak Out by Aaron Moulton. Oh, that is a, that's a good one. Honestly, yeah. So I hate when people say books are necessary because I think it's said too much, but that is definitely necessary and sounds amazing, honestly. Yeah, I know. And it's one that I think doesn't necessarily get like a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. But when I, I was working in the library when I bought it for my library when it first came out and I know that like it was one of those books that just very casually went out a lot. So I think mm. it is necessary for sure. And it was it, definitely a good yeah. lifeline. Yes. That is so good. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I am very yeah. glad that you included that. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground, but there's like still so many other books and topics that we could cover. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately though, we are running out of time. So, um, but hopefully this gives you a really good sense of like what's out there and just sort of an introduction to, you know, the, the types of books that you can find and you maybe even lead you to more books, maybe more of what you're looking for and what can be helpful. Um, but just know that even if like these books, um, may, might not be like super front and center in like the YA scene, like they do exist. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. You can always leave us feedback on the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let's us know how we're doing and it helps others find us. So we appreciate it. Feel free to always drop us a line at heyya at bookriot.com. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. And don't forget to visit mytbr.co for um, book recommendations. Thank you to today's sponsors for helping make this show possible. And thanks to our audio editor, Caitlin Brahm, for making us sound good. Um, you can follow me on threads and Instagram at Tears of Price. And Erica, what about you? I am on that app, that bird app, at Erica underscore easy e underscore also blue sky. Occasionally. Perfect. Yes. Awesome. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Um, but until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.